If you want to open up with me to Philippians 4, we're going to read verses 8 and 9 in Philippians 4. Finally, brothers, whatever is true, whatever is honorable, whatever is just, whatever is pure, whatever is lovely, whatever is commendable, if there is any excellence, if there is anything worthy of praise, think about these things. What you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. Well, it's kind of a long list here in Philippians 4, 8 of things we're supposed to think about. And really what we're talking about today, briefly, is going to be our attention. You know, our attention is where we focus and then we think. Specifically, we have this ability to focus on just a few things at a time. That's how God made us. You know, even with our eyes, we can only see certain things, focus on one thing at a time. We can see kind of a blurry image in our peripheral vision, but the real sharp contrast is only in, you know, the very center of your of your eye where you look, where your attention's focused, and that's really how our mind works too. We focus on one thing and, and at a time and that's just part of being a creature. But what we think about, where we put our attention, is important to God, obviously, because he says here that he wants us to focus on these things, whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. And I want you to notice, one thing I want you to notice is that Christians aren't just against things. That's the first thing I want you to notice here, because Christians are for things. This is a list of positive things that we should be focusing on, putting our attention on, our thoughts on, true things, honorable things, just things, pure things, lovely things, commendable things, if there's anything worthy of praise or anything excellent. That's what we're supposed to be thinking about. And so, when, though that seems a little bit obvious, the reason I say it is because for me the temptation was to do a whole sermon basically today on things you shouldn't be watching, things you shouldn't click on your phone, things you shouldn't um, you know, be putting your attention on in your day-to-day -day life. But the reality is, is that this is not that. This is not saying avoid things that are untrue, avoid things that are dishonorable. It's saying that we have a positive that we're focusing on. And so that's something important because I feel like for me personally, kind of a personal story, I've in the past done just the opposite of this, which focusing on the negatives that Christians are against rather than what the Christians are actually for. And so like, I'll give you an example. When I was teaching at the detention center, there was a bunch of books and the kids actually did read because they were bored, I think, a lot and they're in their rooms and there was just time where they had to be alone and so they wanted to put their attention on something and they would read books and the books would be bad, terrible books. I mean, not worth, definitely not true, pure, honorable, lovely, commendable. And at first I would just say like, you shouldn't read that, you know, that's, I wouldn't let my daughter read that, you know, and it's not worth putting your energy and your thoughts and your attention on. And it, well, it didn't do anything. It didn't do any good because when the kids got back into their rooms, they wanted to have attention on something. And they're like, well, 
they really didn't care what I thought and they just picked up the books anyways. And one of the reasons I think that was the case is I wasn't giving them any alternative. I was just saying that's not no good. I wasn't saying this is good and that's no good. I was just saying that book's no good. And so I realized that I actually prayed about it and I asked the Lord, like, can you help me to find books that the kids would, you know, get into and read and get positive things from? And so we ended up reading this book called Unbroken Young Adult Version. There's an adult version, which is not very um, honorable, just pure and commendable. The young adult version is a lot cleaner and better, but basically it's a book about a guy who turns his life around through running and he goes into the war and then comes out and he has PTSD and eventually he's converted and it had a ton of positive things. And so I saw way more impact on the kids when I said, don't read that. That's not any good. Here's this book, which is better. It's a lot better. Here, read this. And the kids did. And it was just totally different. And they got into it and we talked about it and we talked about the good parts about it, what a good example, different things were, bad examples, um, earlier parts in his life where he's got his whole life's a mess. And we talked about it all. We talked about how it related to their lives and it was just so much better. But one thing I want you to notice in terms of this passage is there's positive. We're for positive things. We're not just against negative things. We're for positive things. We're looking to think about true, just, commendable things. Whatever's lovely and worthy of praise. And so I want just to highlight that, that he put in all positives. And really, we know, all of us know, that ultimately, this is talking about God. I mean, God is true. God is just. God is pure. God is lovely. God is commendable. There's nothing more worthy of praise than God. And so we see true, lovely, and pure things all around us throughout the day, and we run those back to God, who where they came from. So that's the first thing I want you to notice is just that he made a list of all positives. He's not just saying avoid the negatives. The next thing I want you to notice is just what this passage says, but also what the Bible says in general, that your heart is so valuable. Remember your heart from this proverb series is not what we think of the heart. In in U.S. today we hear heart and we think emotions, but in the writers, the biblical writers, heart meant mind, will, and emotions. And so your heart, your thinking is part of your heart in the biblical worldview. And so your thinking here, he's telling you what to think about. It shows that your heart, your mind, your will, and your emotions is so valuable. It's valuable to God. Where you put it is important. Here's a verse from Proverbs. Keep your heart with all vigilance, for from it flow the springs of life. Proverbs 4.23. That we want our attention, our thinking, our heart, on things that are good. Our heart is valuable. From it flow the springs of life. And so your life is going to be directed by where your attention and where your thinking is. It's whatever you're focusing on, that's going to be flowing out in terms of not only emotions, but actions, desires, direction for your life. And so it's really important the Bible sees your heart, your mind, your emotions, your attention as valuable. God sees it. And so it's not something that 
God's uninterested in. God is interested in your thinking, what you're thinking about, what you're focusing on. And this is really the culture we live in. It's interesting that today it seems like almost more than any other time that we live in a society that's vying for our attention, for our thinking. And there's a secular psychologist who called the the economy we live in the attention economy that when there here's a quote from the psychologist a wealth of information creates a poverty of attention when we have a ton of information a ton of options a ton of places you could put your put your attention it's like the internet basically just more than you could ever see and take in in a lifetime what it means is You've got all this information, a wealth of information, but a a poverty of attention. So now it's, you got plenty of information. The question is, where do you put your attention? And that really is interesting that he's saying that because the Bible said it 2000 years ago. You know, it matters where you put your attention and you need to think intentionally about where you're going to put your attention. And that's basically what this psychologist who came up with this term, attention economy, uh, said he said perhaps we must focus on paying attention to what we pay attention to. It's funny how a lot of times scientists or things like that will come up with something new. You know that the Bible said two thousand years ago. I saw a study that said something like it's best if you rest one day out of seven, according to science. It's like well, <laughs> you know God knew that a long time ago, and things like that happen often. But the reality is, this passage is telling us just what we know looking at our culture we need to think about where we put our attention that people all around us are vying for our attention think about uh different things like spotify it's a a music streaming thing and it literally will give you the option you can listen to music without ads uh, and you pay us or you can listen to music with ads for free so basically they're saying you can either pay to listen with your attention or you can pay with your wallet It really is an attention economy. If we can take your attention for a few seconds every couple songs to listen to an ad, then that's that's your money, you know, basically to pay for this, listening to this for free. And so the culture is trying to fight for our attention, but the reality is, is we want to be aware of that. We want to see, wow, there's all these things around me that are fighting for my attention. But God is giving me specific instructions. Where should I put my attention? Whatever is true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. That's where God wants us to put our attention. We need to think. We need to think about where we're putting our attention. Why? This is the second point, just repeating it, that our heart is so valuable. I mean, the culture is saying that your attention is valuable. They're saying, look at us. Look at our website. Look at these ads. Look at... Come to this website, sign up for this streaming service. Like they want your attention. The world thinks your attention is valuable. God thinks your attention is valuable. Do you, I mean, do you see, look, the Bible says it. Our culture is obviously proclaiming it. What about you? Do you see all the little things you're putting your attention into as a valuable part of your day and your decision making where you put your attention? Because it is, it is, it's, it's important to God. One more thing I want to highlight here is I just want you to think about 
this your heart, your attention being valuable, and then asking yourself how it relates to your priorities and your goals and your values. Because here, this passage is saying your attention matters, your where you think, where you put your attention is important to God, and here's the values, right? Here's what I want you to be thinking about according to the Bible. Here's what God says we should be thinking about. What if it's not, right? What if we're thinking about things that are impure, unjust? You know, if this passage, let's say there is a, just a hypothetical, like a, another version, you know, the, what if somebody said, let's change the Bible and let's make it what our culture says. This is what the verse might say. Whatever is entertaining, whatever is interesting, whatever is engaging, whatever is stimulating, whatever you want, whatever is comfortable, whatever avoids difficulty, think about these things. I mean, that's pretty different. That's a different list. That's totally different values. And that, in some ways, is my best attempt to kind of get at what the culture is telling us. What, you know, the water we're living in is saying about our attention. It's about whatever you want, whatever keeps you interested, whatever keeps you entertained. You want, you don't want to be uncomfortable and you don't want to be bored. Whatever it is, yeah, that's what you should think about. That's not what the Bible is saying. Totally different set of values, totally different direction, totally different priority and goal. Where are you going? That list, the entertaining, interesting, engaging, it's all, the goal is basically just uh, to be stimulated, never to be uncomfortable, never to be bored, always to have whatever makes you feel good at, in that specific moment. Whereas the Bible's list is pretty different. True, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. You're going a whole different direction. You're not just interested in entertaining yourself. You're interested in truth. You're interested in justice. You're interested in purity. You're interested in being honorable. All those things, in many ways, are difficult. Right? It's difficult uh, to sort out truth and falsehood and in the world that we're living in. It's difficult to focus on what's just and pure. There's a lot of things impure all that you put your attention on easily, but we're focusing on and we're going against the stream and it's not easy. It's not necessarily comfortable to hear truth about yourself and your heart and your life. I mean, what if during this sermon I say something about, about, you know, your Facebook habits or your Netflix or whatever that makes you uncomfortable? The question isn't, is this good because it makes me comfortable? It's, is it true, right? Is it just, is it honorable? Is it commendable? which in many cases, as we read the Bible every day, it makes us uncomfortable. Why? There's things in our life that do need to be changed, that do need to be sorted out, that we do need to say are sin. So it's not, it's not just about ease and avoiding comfort. It's a totally different set of values and a totally different tra- trajectory of our, of our life. Let's, um, let's look in Luke 10 here. This is another example of attention and thinking from Luke chapter 10 at the very end of Luke 10 familiar story now as they went on their way Jesus this is uh, sorry Luke 10 verse 38 Luke 10:38 now as they went on their way Jesus entered a village and a woman named Martha welcomed him into her house she had a sister called Mary who sat at the Lord's feet and listened to his teaching But Martha was distracted with much serving. 
And she went up to him and said, Lord, do you not care that my sister has left me alone, left me to serve alone? Tell her then to help me. But the Lord answered her, Martha, Martha, you are anxious and troubled about many things, but one thing is necessary. Mary has chosen the good portion, which will not be taken from her. So we see two people, Mary and Martha, and they have a choice in that day that Jesus comes to their house, where they're going to put their attention and where they're going to think, what they're going to be thinking about. And Jesus says that one of them chose the good portion, and that was Mary, where he she sat at his feet and thought about what Jesus was saying, listened to him, and he calls that the good portion. Martha, on the other hand, is distracted with much serving. She's putting her attention in other places. He's, Jesus says she's anxious about many things. So she's not thinking about what Jesus is saying. She's not sitting at his feet listening. She set her attention somewhere else. She's frustrated with Mary, and Jesus corrects her. I want to read you a quote here. It kind of gets at this whole passage from J.C. Ryle. He says this, The fault of Martha should be a perpetual warning to all Christians. If we desire to grow in grace and to enjoy soul prosperity, we must beware of the cares of this world. Except we watch and pray, they will insensibly eat up our spirituality and bring leanness on our souls. It is far more frequently an excessive attention to things in themselves lawful and being cumbered about by much serving that leads to ruin. Let us watch our habits of mind jealously, lest we fall into sin unawares. If we love life, we must hold the things of this world with a very loose hand and beware of allowing anything to have first place in our hearts except God. He says that this passage is a warning to us. It's a warning about the cares of this world eating away at our attention that should be placed on God. That we should watch and pray lest some of this, our attention be kind of eaten up not realizing what we've done, not realizing where we spent all our attention throughout the day, and then there's none left for God. Missing the one most important thing. He says that we need to watch our habits jealously. He says, basically, a very similar thing could almost be a paraphrase of what Paul says. What Paul says in Philippians, that you really need to have some criteria, some values on what you're thinking about. And it's important. It's important to God. It could lead you the wrong direction. And one thing I want you to notice even from that passage and also from Philippians 4, you know, going into this, reading this passage, I thought this ending of Philippians and a lot of the commentators say the same thing, that it's just kind of this kind of random list here at the end. He talks about rejoicing, then he talks about um, the Lord being at hand and not being anxious and praying and then he jumps into what you should be thinking about and then he circles back around and he says the God of peace will be with you. I thought this was just kind of a conclusion that had a lot of different thoughts but you know looking at these passages you know what we just read it makes me wonder if it's not more connected because what we see both in Luke 10 and in this passage is the connection between your distraction, your attention, and peace, right? I mean, at the end of this passage, it says, what you have learned and received, and this is Philippians 4, what you have learned and received and heard and seen in me, practice these things, and the God of peace will be with you. So maybe 
he is not just bringing in these random things. He's connecting all these to peace. And it's, it's a larger, it's a larger section just on having peace. It makes sense if you think about Luke 10, because he's saying that anxiety was leading her or maybe it was the fruit of anxiety was the fruit of her attention being on the wrong things. She, he said to her that you're anxious and troubled about many things distracted. Is that the case for us? Could that be the case for you? Is it possible that you are lacking peace because you've put your attention in all the wrong places? It's possible. I mean, it seems like there is a connection between our thinking and our emotions and we don't want to, to just let our attention wander wherever it wanders. We want to be intentional because that's what this passage is saying. This is the third point, is that we need to be intentional about where we put our attention, what we're thinking about, what we're focusing on. Just like Mary. Mary was intentional. Jesus was calling Martha to be intentional. Look, there's a good portion here that Mary has chosen. I'm not going to take it from her. He's inviting her in and to see where she's placed her attention to be intentional and that's what we want to do throughout our day, throughout our life. We want to in, be intentional about our attention because it's valuable to God. It affects our life and our heart, our emotions, the direction, our goals, our value, our values, our priorities, the direction we're going in our life. All is affected by where we place our attention. We, we want to be intentional. Just like God has asked us to be here. And here's a list of criteria. Here's some things we can use as an opportunity to think about. What is it that I'm putting my attention on? So let's, I want you just to think about this. If it's just a good time or maybe later today, you could just take a few minutes. Maybe pause it, pause the video and do this now or or do it later today when it's a better time if you if you got kids running around but take a few minutes and just write down and think about what you spend your attention on each day just write it down just what do i spend my attention on you know maybe you don't know maybe you're not sure maybe well, another step you could take to be intentional about where you put your attention is if you've got a smartphone set up screen time you know my phone uh, has an app where I can just see what, how many times I opened my phone today, how many minutes I spent on this app, that app, looking up articles, looking up whatever it is I'm doing, and it just tracks it all for me. It's really helpful just to see, and particularly, it's nice too because I can set up a limit. Like I don't want to be on, you know, YouTube for more than 20 minutes, you know, or, or whatever it is, and just to know what it is that I'm doing. So maybe that's for you just writing a list. Maybe you need to ask your spouse, what do, what is it that I spend the most of my day? You know, at, and the time where I have other free attention, what do I spend my attention on? Am I, what am I reading? What am I watching? What am I clicking? What games am I playing? What is it that even when I'm just sitting, enjoying coffee or whatever, what is it that I'm enjoying? And what is it that I'm thinking about? What am I planning? What am I imagining? All these things are basically things where we're placing our attention. We're placing our attention on something and we need to be aware, you know, 
aware of where we're placing our, our attention. Now, finally, just to kind of conclude here, I just want you to, there's a lot of different directions we could have gone, and, but I want you to think about whatever it is in that list where you're placing your attention, how does it compare to this, to this list? And there's no cut and dry answer. I can't tell you what you should or shouldn't be watching. This, you've got the spirit. You need to pray about it. You need to ask God. But there are some questions, I think, that could be good for you to ask, for us to ask ourselves as we think about where we've placed our attention. Is it what, what we're focusing on true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, commendable? You know, how does what I'm placing my attention on mesh with these things, or does it not? You know, it's not just TV or Netflix or YouTube. It could be... You know, it could be news. I mean, maybe you listen to news about politics that is true, things that are going on, but you get so angry. You know, you're if you listen to somebody that's angry all the time about what the politicians are doing, it makes perfect sense that you're going to be angry and that you're not going to have peace because you're going to be upset all the time. If that's what you're taking in, you're placing your attention on, um, on that, you know, is that... Is that the kind of thing? I mean, it may be something like that, or maybe it may be that you're just not paying attention at all, you know? Um, maybe you just zone out a lot. You're thinking about something. You're not present with your kids. I don't know what it is, how you would apply it to your, to your life. There's a lot of different things that it, that it could relate to. I mean, there's people that spend their life putting their attention on vitamins. Like, take, if I take these vitamins, then this is going to be like this, and if I read all these articles, then... I can figure out all the different vitamins I need and I can be perfectly healthy. I mean, there's people that spend their life on things like that. Um, is it wrong to take vitamins? No, absolutely not. I mean, is, is that a good thing? I think it's good um, to try and be healthy. The question is, what are you spending your attention on? Because if you're doing that, if that's what consumes your thoughts all day long. That's not good, right? It could be, you know, health food, it could be exercise, it could be how you're going to homeschool your kids. All those things are permissible things, but if you spend your attention your whole life thinking about these things and you don't think about God, it squeezes out your time with God. That's not good. So when we're thinking about you know this list, we're not just thinking about bad things that we're avoiding, we're thinking about even neutral or even good things that can creep in and take over like Martha. Is it good to serve Jesus? Of course. But the question is, is that the best thing? Is that what she should have been doing? What's the motive in her heart behind that? Apparently there was some anxiety there, uh, restlessness in her heart. So here's some questions for you to ask. And like I said, it could be something negative. It could be something positive that you just spend too much time paying attention to. The first question I want you to ask about your list of things that you put your attention into is, does what you pay attention to and think about, is it sin? I mean, there are things that you could be paying attention to absolutely on the internet or on Netflix or whatever that's just flat out sin. Like it's just, it's not neutral or it's not um, just negative. It's actually a sin even to pay attention to it. And so first, that's the first question you should ask. Is there anything you need to just cross off your list and repent of? This is sin. That What I'm doing, what I'm putting my attention into is actually sin. What I'm thinking about, what I'm watching and repent of that. The second question is, does what you pay attention to think about 
tempt you towards sin. So there could be things that are not sin to actually watch. There could be things that are neutral, but that are tempting you. And that might be different for different people. There might be something that I couldn't watch that maybe you could watch that it doesn't tempt you in the same way it tempts me. Does what you pay attention to or think about, is it tempting you towards sin? Third question. Is this, is, does what you pay attention to think about make you more indifferent or callous towards sin? So it might be just the totally opposite. Maybe it's that you're watching something that's full of sin and it's not that you're tempted to do those things. You know, there's, I know people that, you know, watch TV shows about drug dealers, you know, and, um, not Christians, but, um, maybe there are, they're not tempted to become drug dealers, but we'll, are they becoming more callous to sin by watching that? It's like, you're watching this show about someone who's selling these drugs and ruining people's lives, even if it's fictional. You're, you're watching this show. Are you becoming callous to sin where it doesn't affect you? Or does, or when you watch it, are you grieved the entire time? Like, this is so sad. It's so horrible. You know, because if you're not, if you're, if you're watching sin, even if it's not tempting you, but it's just hardening you, hardening you, that's not good, right? That's not true, honorable, just, and pure. You're becoming hardened to sin. That's not good. Um, even if you're not being tempted. So on the one hand, it might tempt you to sin, or on the other hand, it might make you callous to sin. Either way, that's wrong and not good. Another question for you to ask, is what you're thinking about paying attention to making you more indifferent towards God or more sensitive towards God? Are there things that maybe they aren't tempting you to sin? Maybe they aren't making you callous to sin, but maybe afterwards you just don't feel like reading your Bible. You're not interested. The Bible, I mean, maybe you read something, you watch something, and you get so engrossed in it, you're not interested in God anymore. You're not interested in reading your Bible. That's not good, right? Um, so that's another, that's another possibility. What about this? Does the time I spend paying attention to or thinking about these allowable things take away from my time with the best things. I mean, Netflix, right? If you stay up late, you know, you put the kids to bed and then you stay up an extra hour or two hours or the Chiefs. I uh, just happened to me a couple weeks ago. The Chiefs played on a Sunday night. I stayed up. I wanted to watch it. But you know what? It was really, really hard to get out of bed that next morning because I had stayed up that time. Does the, does the, things you're thinking about, you're paying attention to, squeeze out your time with the best things, with God, with prayer, with reading the Bible. That's possible. And if that's happening regularly, every week, every day, a couple times a week, not that that, you know, I mean, maybe once in a while you do stay up late and watch something with your wife. I don't think that's wrong necessarily, but it's something to consider. If this is a pattern that's squeezing out the attention where it should be on, um, placing it on other things. You know, one good quote from John Piper is something, something to the effect of one of the effects of Facebook on the, on judgment day is going to be to show that we did have time to pray. And his point there is you spend an hour a day on Facebook and you say, Oh, at the end of the day, oh, I didn't have time to pray today. That's not true, right? The, the thing that is secondary or not as important is squeezing out for many people the important thing, which would be prayer in that in that case. Another question you could ask about your list of, of things that you pay attention to is what let's say there's something on it that's not the best. That's something that's allowable but 
but is not the best use of your time. What is there? What is the good, true, commendable, lovely part of what I'm watching? And what is there a better place, a more richer place that I can get this? You could change that that statement and maybe it's your kids. Your kids are pouring a bunch of time and attention into something and you could say, what is the good, true, commendable, lovely part of what they're pouring their time into? And is there a better, richer place that I can recommend for them to get that? You know, maybe they like books about, you know, war or whatever. Maybe they're graphic. Maybe they're not good. Maybe is there a book that is, they're getting all this history and, and whatever it is that they like out of it, whatever's true and lovely, commendable, and you could you could buy them a book or give them a book that gets all that and also is glorifying to God. You know, it could be something like that. Uh, not sure you know, maybe they're spending all their time playing video games and is there something, you know, they like feeling like they've accomplished something. Is there a hobby that you guys could do together that gives them that feeling of accomplishment that actually, you know, is making some positive impact in the world um, rather than video games, which aren't in the real world, right? Um, Number six, uh, seven, I think, actually. Should you fast from something to get perspective on what's really important? I mean, maybe we could just consider, maybe we should fast from TV for a week or our, you know, delete the internet app on our phone for a week and see how much we're leaning into it and how much attention is being put into it. Take a fast, just like we do with food. Like say, God, I know I need to eat. I know this isn't something I can continue on forever because I do need to check my email or whatever it is. But I'm going to set it aside for a time so I can get some perspective and remember what's most important. You could do that with movies. You could do that with Facebook. You could do that with a lot of things. Maybe that's something to consider because you need to do it just to get perspective. I know for me, there's things Jess and I as young Christians watched on TV and that I wouldn't watch now at all. And what it took for me to see that was just a fast, a time away from watching anything for a while. And then when we came back, it's like our our spiritual palates had been reset. It's like, I don't want to watch that. That's disgusting. That's not, that's not helpful, plausible. Uh, it's not glorifying to God. Uh, it's not pure. It's not lovely. It's not commendable. Maybe that's what you need. Last, last question I, I want you to think about. I guess it's a set of two questions. Whatever it is that's on your list of things you're paying attention to, thinking about, what, what Can you ask God's blessing on all these? Can you say, God, before you sit down to watch a movie, could you say, God, would you just bless this time with our family? That would be a good time together. Uh, or whatever, maybe you're by yourself watching something. Can you ask God's blessing on it? I mean, if you feel guilty or you feel like, man, maybe I shouldn't be doing this. That's not good, right? That might be a question you ask before you you watch something, read something, spend your attention on it. And then another question, very similar, can I, can I say that I'm doing this, whatever it is I'm putting my attention to for the glory of God? Can you say that? Uh, is that book, is that TV show, is that thing you're clicking, are you doing all that for God's glory? Or are you doing it just, why, why are you doing it? You know, that might be another question. Why am I doing this? What desire am I satisfying here? Am I just wanting to distract myself? Am I just wanting to be comfortable? Am I just wanting to be engaged? Why am I doing this? And if it's not for the glory of God, you might 
cut it out of your list, you know? Uh, ask, well, what could I do for the glory of God? How could my family have some fun time together and it, and it be glorifying to God or not be setting an example of of this, you know, hunger for entertainment that the culture has be different? Well, that's a lot. There's a lot of thoughts there. Um, the things I really want you to take away from this in conclusion are just really that we want to know Jesus, right? We want to know him. We want to be like him. We want to be with him. We want to enjoy him. I mean, there may be things in your life, if you're seeking enjoyment and entertainment, maybe it's because you're, there's things in your life, true, lovely, just, commendable, pure, lovely things that you're not enjoying around you. I mean, maybe it's, you know, that you're not enjoying getting outside and enjoying what God made. Maybe it's that you're not enjoying playing with your kids. That's why you feel like you need, you know, to watch TV or something. There might be enjoyable things right around you that God's already put in your life that to enjoy that you're not. And you're making some sort of replacement that's not even a real replacement. It's not even uh, as good, you know, that if you get home from work and you can play with your kids and get down the floor and laugh and, and, and do whatever, um, wrestle with them or whatever you like to do with your kids, that's so much better than getting home and just turning on the TV. One of them is so much deeper and more real and more pleasing to God, right? We can say, I'm, I'm engaging my kids because it's glorifying to God. I want to be a good father to them, be like Jesus to them. And then we can just run that back up to Jesus and say, thank you, Jesus, for my kids. In many ways, there's some things on TV we can't do that. You know, we're not praising God for different things on TV. Um, maybe cut those things out. So the point is that we want to get from this is who we are wanting to set our attention on is God. And we want the secondary things, the things around us in our daily life, we want to set our things on, set our attention on true things, honorable things, just things, pure things, lovely things, commendable things. That's where we want to set our attention. It matters to God where we set our attention. We want to be intentional about where we place our attention. Our heart's a valuable thing to God. Is there something we need to give up? Is there something that we need to focus on more? Is there something that's squeezing out the best things? We want to enjoy the good, enjoy good things. And maybe one final way you could just, you know, apply this is just pray with your family. God, we have been spending so much attention on this. It just doesn't seem very profitable. Would you help us to find something that is true and honorable and just and pure and lovely and commendable that we can put, put our attention into as a replacement? I mean, it could be books. It could be a book that you're reading that's not very good, or, and God can help you replace it with a better book. It could be movies, TV, whatever it is, thoughts. I mean, it could be anxious thoughts. Maybe you're spending your whole day anxious about COVID-19. You know, we need to focus on true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable things. Jesus, his word, others, prayer. May, well, may God help us. Let's pray. Lord, just do pray that you'd help us in this next year to be paying attention to the things that matter most, paying less attention to the things that we shouldn't be paying attention to. Would you help us? We need your help. Would you give us replacements and help us to find 
good things we can put our attention into, true, pure, honorable, just, lovely things. Would you be near to us as we read our Bibles? And would you convict as people make these lists of what they're paying attention to, things that we shouldn't be paying attention to? Amen.